Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Derek at the microphone. I'm glad to start a brand new week of teachings. This week, we're going to talk about from hope to faith. Let me say that again. From hope to faith. Hallelujah. Father, I acknowledge that I am created, recreated according to your divine will. You did this, Lord, according to the counsel of your divine will when you save me and you fill me with your spirit. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your words pour out of my mouth and let the blessings fall upon the hearers. For blessed are your ears, for they do hear, and blessed are your eyes, for they do see. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, let's go to the book of Titus. And let's start at verse 1. The book of Titus, chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now I want to stop right there for a little while. I want to meditate on this. Titus chapter 1 at verse 2, it says, in hope of eternal life. Now, it's calling that a hope. Why? Because hope is always in the future. As most of you know, in Hebrews, it teaches that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, I hadn't looked up the word hope I have before, but not this week to refresh my memory. But if I had to give you a definition that was just in my heart of what hope is, hope is your imagination. Hope is something that you wishing would happen, that you want to happen. Some of you hope for a mansion. Some of you hope for a wife. Some of you hope for a husband. Some of you hope for, for other things. There's a lot of things people hope for. Man, I hope this happened. You hope your favorite sports teams win. You hope your husband will take you out to dinner, whatever. You know, so hope is imagining something that you enjoy, something you may may like. Well, it says in hope of eternal life. Now, remember, we're talking about from hope to faith. So it says in hope of eternal life, which God, now listen to the writings of Paul, which God that cannot lie. Now, we as a fallen uh, people before we got born again and some now, even though you are born again, are still subject to the spirit of lying. Some of you have good friends. I'm talking about good friends. You love them. Y'all buddies. But you know that they, they are compulsive liars. And you know when they speak, you only believe half of it. I got people like that. In, I know you got people like that, you know. Or you could be that person. And lying is a, is a demonic power. You know, one place in the Bible says all liars are going to have their place in the lake of fire. Now, you know, most of the time when, when the devil is involved in something, he used 
of spirit of lying. I'm not talking about born again people that's still fighting the flesh, that's still lie. I'm talking about people that's in the world. They just lie. They don't care what they lie about. They just lie, 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 and that's a that's a characteristic of Satan. The Bible teaches that Satan was a liar before the beginning. Well, when people get born again, they say they'll swear to their hurt, but they won't change. They'll tell the truth, even if it makes them look bad. They're going to tell you the truth. Like, even if you see them a bad light, they're going to tell you the truth. You know, I, I remember when I first got born again, uh, uh, some stuff I had done before I was born again, some people started telling it to, to people who knew me. And one of my friends asked me about it. I said, yeah, I did. 50% of what they told you I did, but I didn't do the other 50%. But I said, I forgive them. You know, I'm born again. Now I'm not that fella anymore. And I went on with my life, prayed, prayed for the people who was spreading the rumors or whatever, and went on about my life. But if I wasn't born again, I might have lied and told the fella, I might have said, nah, man, they lying on me. I didn't do that, but I did do, do half of it. So what I'm, even though, even though that made me lose a little respect for the guy who was asking me about it, I just tell the truth. Now, at the same time, you don't want to always rehash of your own volition things that you've done in the world that God has forgiven you for. Because it's a shame for us to speak of those things that we've done before we were born again, as said the scripture. Now, I said all that to say this. Let's go back to Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. In hope of eternal life. Now, hope is a always in the future. It is a positive imagination and is believing that one day you're going to have something. One day you're going to get it. You might get it. You might not. You're hoping that you get it. And But it says in hope of eternal life, then Paul want to clarify which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now, the lamb, the Bible teaches that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. So in the, found, in, in the foreknowledge of God, he already knew man was going to fall, and he had already finished the works from the beginning. He had already made a way. Jesus is, is God manifested in the flesh. Jesus is the express image of an invisible God. God is invisible. But when you want to see God, he lets you see Jesus. When, when, Moses, when, when um, Moses asked God to show him his glory, he passed by Jesus. He passed by Moses in the theophany of Jesus and let him see his hymn departs. Because Jesus is the image of God. He is the express image of an invisible God. Now, what I'm saying is that the word of God teaches right here that God cannot lie. That means God is not subject to lying. He's not subject to have to be born again. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. So when God says that you, when you believe on Jesus, you have eternal life, right? You don't have to hope for it any longer. You have it right then. Now, a lot of people fail in this Christian walk because they don't believe the word. And so what we are teaching today is how to go from hope to faith. Now, the way you believe that you're born again, and I'm going to cover several subjects this week, 
is you have to believe God's word. You have to know that God cannot lie. Now say this. Say, God cannot lie. Say it again. Say, God cannot lie. Now say this. Say, if he said it, he meant it. Say it again. If he said it, he meant it. Now, the way you make yourself believe the word is to affirm what God said. Every day, you have to affirm what, what God said. You have to say, I believe in the Lord Jesus and I have eternal life. You're not going to get it. You have it now. You don't have to hope for it anymore. You have it now. One place Jesus said, he that believe it on him shall never taste of death. Then he asked him, believe it thou this, because he know it's common for man not to believe him. And the only way you can really believe the scriptures is you have to confess it and affirm it. You have to affirm it to yourself over and over. Affirm, what I mean by affirm is you have to keep saying it. You have to keep speaking what God said. God said that I believe on Jesus and I'm saved. Because the devil, sometimes working through Christians, you remember the devil worked through Peter. Peter, Peter was a, was a God man. So the devil worked through Christians tell you, telling you you're not born again unless you do it their way. Now, this not only works for believing you have eternal life, it works for healing. See, it works for righteousness. See, it works for wisdom. See, it works for sanctification. When God says, Jesus has been made unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, you have it right then. But it is only activated according to your confession, profession, or affirmation. I have a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again on this Tuesday. We're talking about from hope to faith. Father, you knew me before the foundation of the world, and you made me an ambassador of Christ. I am a mouthpiece for, uh, from heaven. I acknowledge that, that I am a mouthpiece from heaven, that I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ, that it is you that work it in me both the will and the do of your good pleasure, that you are made unto me wisdom. You are made unto me righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It is written also, Holy Father, that the word that is flowing forth out of me because your spirit is in me shall not return unto you void. For greater are you that is in me than he that is in the world. I am well able to edify. I'm well able to bless. And when I speak today, your children are going to be blessed. And I bless you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus. And I release the fire of God's presence upon you. I release healing upon you. I release revelation upon you. And I declare that you are righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, you know, before I minister, right? And it don't even have nothing to do with ministering. I, I, every day I have a confession. I, I, I acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is in me. I say, Lord, it is you that is working in me. Greater is you that is in me. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be unleashed through me. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you came and dwelt in my body. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you're thinking for me, that you're speaking for me. I lean on your wisdom. I lean on your understanding. You are able to give me dynamic revelation, dynamic wisdom, dy dynamic understanding. I thank you that you're here with me, that you are my comforter. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're on the inside of me. 
He said, well, Brother King, uh, do you feel anything? See, this is what I'm trying to show you all, brothers and sisters. God said that he will be with you and even in you. God said when you ask for the Holy Spirit that he gives it to you. Now, you remember I said yesterday that God cannot lie? Now, see, here, here's the problem. Common people think that God is like a regular man, that he says words just to say words, that he just wastes his time blowing smoke and telling uh, uh, wise tales at the Dolphin Island Fishing Rodeo or some stuff like that, just lying, just to lie, just saying it. No, God's words are right. God's words are pure converting the soul. If God said it, it is exactly what he said. If he said, if you ask him for the Holy Spirit, that he gives it to you, that means after you ask him, start acknowledging that he's giving it to you. If he say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, start acting like he's there. See, a lot of you are waiting to feel something. See, you need to act like he's there before you feel something. See, you need to act like he's there. You need to act like he can't lie because he can't. You need to act like what he said is right. You know, years ago, um, <clears throat> it might have been 15 years ago, there was an old man on my mail route. I used to skip my lunch break to talk to him. He had some kind of incurable cancer, but he was elderly. And I would say I'd talk to him, I'd read scriptures to him, and and then after, after I took 20 minutes doing that, and I asked him, I say, well, uh, do you believe uh, um, God going to heal you? He'll say, well, if it be the Lord's will, I sure hope so. Do you know that man never got his divine healing? I, I kept trying over and over, over and over and over. He never got it because he kept saying, if it be the Lord's will, and he sure hope so. He never got out of hope to faith. He was always in, in hope. I sure hope so. You know what I'm saying? If it be the Lord's will. Well, the Lord revealed his will. He said that his will is that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospered. Now, the man would never admit this. And many of you would never admit this. But he really doubted God's integrity. And many people do that, not trying to do it, but you doubt God's integrity. See, God's word is his testimony. This is his letter to you, the Bible. His words in the Bible is his letter to you. These are his words to you. Somebody say, the Bible is God speaking to me. This is his will for your life. This is his testimony for your life, and he cannot lie. Now, the way you make yourself believe it, because he can't lie, is us that's not on that level. The way you get yourself to the level of faith that you need to be at, how you go from hope to faith, is to proclaim over and over and over and over and over again what God said in, on every scripture. When you see a scripture you like that you want, you reword that to make it personalized. And you say it over and over and over and over and over again. If you'll notice in big families, 
a lot of times the old, oldest child be the, be the most strongest. They, they're the strongest. And the youngest child is the, is the most uh, spiritually stable. I'm going to tell you why. A lot of time that baby child, you can go check it out in Genesis with Joseph. The baby child is beloved by that father a lot of times. And they received a lot of affirmation. Uh, you're so cute. Ooh, I love you, baby. They received a lot of affirmation. So when if they go to school or something and if somebody says, so, ooh, you ugly, they just start laughing. And they don't believe it. And the people normally don't end up teasing that baby because that baby has been affirmed and affirmed and affirmed. Or if they are teased, it rolls off their back like a duck because they have been highly affirmed from the father. Other words, words have been declared positively over that person over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Same thing it go uh, for, for the oldest child at first before the siblings start coming. That oldest child was affirmed. But then after those siblings come, the oldest child got to be the example. So they are handed more responsibility. So a lot of times they are the ones that have to pay everything, take care of everything. But if you got three children, you'll notice the middle child might need a little bit more affirmation because they kind of get neglected, not because you're trying to do it. It just happens that way sometimes. Well, you have to affirm the word of God to your own heart. One place it said, David encouraged himself. You have to affirm the word, affirm the word over and over and over again until it is built into your consciousness. See, it, it cannot get built into your consciousness without profession or confession or affirmations. You would never, it, going to church ain't enough. You got to build the, the spirit of God into your consciousness. See, it's true, but it's not in your consciousness. That's why that guy kept saying, if it be the Lord's will. Oh, I sure hope so. Another guy who died early told me the same thing. He sure hoped so. Now I saw people get healed also. Many who just received my words as an angel, they got healed. I've seen people heal of skin cancer, uh, 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 prostate cancer, uh, all kind of stuff I have personally seen. And most of them who, who are like that are not even Christians or they're not able to really digest the word. They just receive it as a child's faith. Hebrews 11 at verse 1, it says, Now faith. See, now faith, now faith, now faith, faith is right now, is the substance of things hoped for. See, hope is an imagination. You got to come out of the imagination and you got to start saying, I have it now. I have it now. I have it now. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. Not I hope so. Not a, oh, well, it might. Mm -mm. See, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. See, faith is something that is not seen. It's, it's called something that is not seen to come into manifestation. Why? Because it has to believe it before it see it. See, faith, true faith is beyond the hope realm. See, it ain't like Thomas, well, I believe when I see, when I can put the hand, my finger in your hands and my finger in your side and all this. No, Faith is believing God's word and God's integrity. When he said he couldn't lie, I said, well, God said he couldn't lie. This is what it is. If God say I'm healed, I am healed. See, for by it, the elders obtain a good report. See, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. 
See, it won't make the things which is which do appear. I have a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm glad to be with you one more time. I'm Brother Derek. And um, we, we're talking about from hope to faith. Holy Father, your spirit is assisting me. Your spirit is alive within me. And Holy Father, me and you are partnering together in this earth. For I am your ambassador to build Christ into my brothers and sisters. Lord, I am a wise master builder. So let that anointing flow through me today, Lord, as I build my brothers and sisters and build their spirit and build their faith and encourage them in the words from heaven, Lord. Release that anointing, Holy Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Man, I feel the spirit of God upon us today. Let's go to John, the, uh, the 20th chapter. And let's go to the 24th verse. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didium, Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now you listen to his confession. This is what you call a sense knowledge faith. And I'm going to be honest with you, all the disciples really operated in the realm of sense knowledge faith. I'm going to tell you why. They was with Jesus every day. They saw the miracles. They saw him multiply the uh, the, uh, the food and stuff and feed 5,000. Of course, one place he reproved them because he said, you consider not the miracle of the fishes and the loaves. They saw him open the eyes of the blind. They saw his miracles. They saw him. Now, their faith was based off the senses as a whole, because they saw it. You know, he had told them he was going to die and rose the, and raise again the third day, but you know, they didn't believe that because they didn't see it. They only believed that after they saw it. How many understand where I'm going with this? So their faith was based off what they could see. Now, of course, most of us haven't seen Jesus in the flesh. If you have seen him, more than likely you was carried off in the spirit and saw him in the spirit realm. I'm not, I'm not going to, somebody told me they saw him uh, in the, in the natural consciousness. I'm not going to call him a lie because they might have Jesus can do what he want to. So our level of faith is got to be based off believing his words. That's why I started a week off by saying God cannot lie because if you're going to ever have the kind of faith that you need to work miracles, See, God is calling you to work miracles. If you're going to have the kind of faith you need to make the church uh, uh, double in, in growth, not just so we can have a lot of members, so we can have more disciples. See, the more disciples we have, the better. Because then we can train more people to, to, to practice spiritual warfare. So we do need more people added to the kingdom. 
Well, it's going to take faith to do that. You have to see them coming. You have to know they're coming without seeing it in the natural. You have to be able to decree a thing and it shall be established. Well, you can't do this kind of stuff with the same faith the disciples had. Do you remember when the children of Israel came out of Israel? And um, uh, God told Moses, he said, I've given them this land. See, think about it. God hates when you doubt his integrity. When you basically, without calling him a liar, you call him a liar. One place they asked him, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? You know, that offended God. After he had brought them out of the hand of Pharaoh and parted the Red Sea, and they asked him, can he do this and can't. See, they doubted his integrity. They weren't trying to do it, but they did. Now, the way you stop down God's integrity is to take his words and drill that word into your heart until you believe it. One place in the book of John, the 14th chapter of John, I believe, it says, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will do it. Let me ask you this. When God said that, did he lie? Well, some people say, well, I prayed in the name of Jesus. It didn't happen. It's because we hadn't confessed. Whatever I pray in the name of Jesus, I know that God does it. Whatever I pray in the name of Jesus, I know that God does it. When you just said that every day, hundred times a day, a thousand times a week, then you're ready for ministry. Then you start to pray in the name of Jesus Christ and God does it. See, and if it don't, if you don't see the manifestation right then, you know it's still done. Hallelujah. See, most of the time, if it's an un, unborn again person, a person not practicing the Lord, later one day she said she had a headache. Many things like this I done seen. I said, you want me to pray for it and make it go? She said, sure. I just touched that head with one finger. I said, the name of Jesus be gone. And I didn't say anything. I started talking about something else. She interrupted me and said, hey, 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 it's gone. Why? Because you have to build yourself up with confession. Whatever I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, God does it. You're not lying. He said he does it. You, what you're saying is, Lord, I'm taking you at your word. I'm taking you at your word. If God say, if you give and it be given unto you, and, and you come tell me you gave and it wasn't given unto you, you're doubting his word. You're, you're saying he lying. You're saying he lying. That's why people don't give because they doubt God's integrity. Because if you believed him, you would give because you know he's going to give it back. See, the reason you don't do it because you doubt the word. You doubt his integrity. You think he's a liar like unto man. And God is not a liar. And this, these words in this Bible are not lies. This word is right. So, when, when, when we, let's go back up. Thomas said he wouldn't believe. And at verse 26, it says, John 20 and 26, And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. And stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach thy finger, reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, 
but believing. He was calling Thomas an unbeliever. He told him to be not faithless, but believing. Now, the children of Israel, they can only get what they could see, except for Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua believed in the integrity of God's word, even though it wasn't wrote down. They was receiving it from the mouth of the prophet Moses. But they believed in the integrity of God's word. The other 10 spies didn't believe in the integrity of God's word because God had told them they had the land. They didn't believe that. They believed what they saw. They only had a sense knowledge faith. They could not graduate beyond their senses. See, Thomas had a sense knowledge faith. And all the disciples, they had sense knowledge faith. They had to see to believe. They from Missouri. Now, of course, they didn't stay that way. Because Jesus was training them. And that's what he's doing today. He's training you all, brothers and sisters. Jesus is saying unto you, be not faithless, but believing. How do you build your faith? How do you go from hope to faith? By constantly affirming that word. Evidently, Joshua and Caleb constantly said, God, you said we got it. God, you said we have it. God said we, you got it. God said we had it. And they look at the giant. Oh, they giant. But God, you said we had it. Lord, uh, man, they, they, they got this. They got these kind of war, war weapons. But God, you said we can beat them. While the other one said, oh, oh, they be. And we like grasshoppers. They believe what the senses were saying and not what the word of God was saying. See, when you start to believe the word of God, your healing would come immediately. But how do you get that? You said, Derek, I want to get that. By constantly affirming. I know that I'm healed by his stripes. I know that I have the money. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I know I have eternal life. Change far from my hope and I, uh, till I know. I had a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again, sowing these victory faith seeds into your hearing. Hallelujah. We're talking about from hope to faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pour the blood of Jesus Christ. Upon every hearer of my words, I pour the blood of Jesus upon their RNA. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon their DNA. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon their heart, upon their liver, upon their lungs, upon their pancreas, upon every organ in their body. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ. I speak Jesus over it and I command it to be healthy and healed. I bless their blood. I bless your white blood cells. I bless your red blood cells and I command your blood to be perfect and normal in the name of Jesus Christ. And I also speak over your bone marrow and your bones. I command your bones to be strong and your marrow to produce pure blood that will ward off sickness and disease. I bless your ears and I command your hearing to be perfect. And I bless your eyes and I command your sight to be returned even in the natural. I speak Jesus over you. And if you receive this, I know that whatever I pray over you in the name of Jesus Christ, you have it now. So you say, I receive it in the name of Jesus, and you have it. Hallelujah. You have it. Somebody say, I have it. Say it again. Say, I have it. Hallelujah. Say it again. Say, I have it. Now. Say, I have it now. Now, faith. John, the 20th chapter. And at the 25th verse. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, 
and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, I'm going to tell you another story. It's a story of a lady that had an issue of blood 12 years. She said, if I would touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Guess what happened? She got what she said, but Thomas got what he said. He got, he, he had to have unbelief unless Jesus came and ministered to him in a different way. Now, Jesus don't mind ministering in different manners. But what we're doing this week, we're going from hope to faith. We're teaching you how to go from one level to another realm in the Lord. Now, Jesus was, was going to minister to Thomas because he's always making disciples. He's training people and he still trains today. So anything I say today is not a rebuke. It's not a condemnation. It is to exhort to good works, to exhort to another realm in the Lord. So in verse 26, it says, and after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Let me ask you this. When he said peace unto them, did the peace come or not? See, everything Jesus say, I say unto you, peace be unto you. I command every storm in your life to stop now, to stop being in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak peace. I speak peace in the name of Jesus. See, whatever I pray, I know whatever I pray in the name of Jesus, he does it. Somebody say this, say, I know. Say, you know what? I'm going to call it arrogance, but it's not arrogance. It's faith in the word. Say, I know. Say it that way. I know whatever I pray in the name of Jesus, he does it. You know why you know it? Because he said in his word. Now, what you're doing is some of you don't believe it. But as you continue to say, I know, I believe, I receive, your faith is getting stronger and stronger for your faith growing exceedingly. Hallelujah. Verse 27, then said he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. Be not faithless, brothers and sisters, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas. I can see him saying his eyes so tender. He wasn't saying it with arrogance. He said, My son, Thomas. He, said, he was saying it with holy compassion. He wasn't, he, he wasn't saying, You didn't believe. No, he was saying this with a spirit of humility and love. I can see him. I can see him in my spirit. Listen, Thomas. Because, listen, Thomas, because thou have seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That's us, brothers and sisters. That's us, brothers and sisters. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Now let's, let's, let's go to our uh, James five and at verse 13, it says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. 
is any married, let him sing psalms. See, psalms. Any of you minstrels, make some songs out of psalms. It actually said, let him sing psalms. Not songs, but psalms. Psalms could be a spiritual song from heaven that you receive. Like a, a group make a song like, um, what's that song I like? God Turn It Around. That, that song, that's a song, that's a psalm from heaven that they made into a song. But it says, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, I want to show you something. It's two different realms in the Lord. This is one realm where the sick person has to call the elders, right? So when the elders come, they see the elders. They know they, they know they elders of the Lord. They know these God's representatives. So they see the elders. They see the elders anoint them with oil. They can feel the oil. They can see the elders. They can feel the oil on their head in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they can hear the voice of the elders. And after they see the elders and they hear the voice of the elders praying in the name of Jesus and they feel the oil on their head, that makes their faith go to a higher realm than they have. Then the power of that prayer. See, the elders of the Lord has been building themselves up, hopefully, in confession and profession of the word. So when they release their prayers, a different level of authority that's coming forth, but it's not an authority that anybody uh, can't have. Everybody can have that same authority if they'll do what these elders are doing, which is professing what God said, which is confessing the word, which is decreeing the word, and that person get healed. Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth a fruit. Now, God is letting you know right there that Elijah is no different than you. That he prayed, see, like passions mean he's subject to uh to desires of the flesh, just like anybody else. He's subject to temptation, just like anybody else. But he prayed that it might not rain, and it didn't rain. Then he prayed again that it would rain, and it did rain. Now, I wanted to read that first until I go to 1 Peter uh, um, 2 and 24. This is how mature Christians get it. They read 1 Peter 2 and 24, and it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, the mature Christian says, Lord, you said right here that I'm healed by your stripes. I have it now. And they don't need the elders to come. Now, there's nothing against using that administration. What I'm saying is you're going from hope to faith. This is a person that came out of the hope realm into the faith realm. He can receive it by himself simply because he has confidence in God's integrity. He know that God didn't lie when he said, by his stripes, you were healed. Now, when you keep confessing the word over yourself, 
then you will begin to believe that God didn't lie. But it is a little inkling in somebody that God is a liar until they get a powerful confession and come from hope to faith. Be blessed. I'm out of time. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you one more time to end the week off on a great note. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord. And Lord, I declare over them, Lord Jesus, that their faith is growing exceedingly, Lord. That the spirit of revelation and wisdom is upon them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, I want to affirm to myself, I know that whatever I ask you, Holy Father, in the name of Jesus, you do it. So I thank you for doing it. You remember Jesus dared said what the Father said about him. He dared said it. He said one place, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You know, that's a profound statement. You know, you got to, you got to, you, <laughs> you, it can sound like arrogance. One, one time, the, the Pharisees wanted to kill Jesus for making himself equal with God. But he, but God said he was equal with him. Jesus dared said, to, dared to say what the father said he was. You need to say what the father say you are. If he says you the head and not the tail, above only not beneath, he has made you kings and priests unto our Lord, that his spirit, a portion of God is on the inside of you, that he's made in your, you're made in his image and his likeness. You need to say it. Jesus' power was based off him affirming himself in what the father told him. Your power is based off you affirming yourself in what, the Lord Jesus has spoken unto you through these words. Everything he said is right. God cannot lie. God said it, it is. If he said you have eternal life, you have it. If he said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, that means you have inside information. That means you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. If he said he's made unto you wisdom, that means you already have the wisdom of God. Now, you won't have it unless you acknowledge that you have it. In the book of Philemon, it says that the acknowledging of your faith, that your faith will become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you. Let me say that again. It says in Philemon 7 that your faith will become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you, not the acknowledging of every negative thing. You know, last week I saw a story come through my feed you know, you get a, anything Apple, they, they automatically subscribe you to their news. And it was a headline, how believing that the glass is half full is beneficial. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Negative confession is not beneficial. It's beneficial to Satan to get you, get you defeated. That's what it'll benefit you. But to have a negative confession will not benefit you at all because the word teaches that the power of death and life is in the tongue. You ever heard that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt? It's never been a bigger lie. Man, words will kill you. Because the Bible said the powers over death and life is in the tongue. So you got to have a positive confession. See, the Bible teaches that Enoch had this testimony that I pleased the Lord. And he was translated by faith. Faith is saying you have now what God says you have. 
God said, I have given you the land. Caleb and Joshua said, we have it now. The other one said, they be giants and we be grasshoppers. They doubted God's integrity and spoke totally, total contradictory to God's words. God is only asking you to agree with him. He's not saying anything grievous, but people won't agree with him, most people. People agree with the devil. You know, uh, the devil used his preachers on the news to bring fear to a whole country. And 90% of the people believe the words of Satan over the words of God. God said that no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come now your dwelling. And the devil preached, boy, he preached. See, that, that's why we have to affirm ourselves. Weakness comes because sometimes we are lacking in affirmation, our profession, our confession, our speaking positive words. Hallelujah. So you got to outmaneuver the enemy by confessing and professing what God said you have, what God said you are. Hallelujah. Romans, the fourth chapter. Let's go to the 17th verse. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. See, have made, not going to make. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead. Quicken, the word quickening means make alive. God is able to make the dead live. He done it and he'll do it again. He's able to make the dead live because God is a quickening spirit. The first Adam was a living soul and the second Adam was a quickening spirit. And that second Adam is the Lord Jesus. You know what I'm saying? The, the curse came under the first Adam and the blessings came under the second Adam. And I'm going to challenge you to do something. Go back and read what curse came under that first Adam and go back and say, I'm not under this. I'm not under that, especially you women. See, you remember, you remember under that first Adam, they cursed the ground for Adam's sake, but he had to uh, bring forth in hard labor, and the, and the woman was cursed. She's going to bear pain through childbearing. We're not, we're not under those curses anymore because Jesus, the second Adam, redeemed us from the curse of the law. But if you don't acknowledge you're not under there, guess what? You will see the activity of that curse working in your life. See, uh, inflammation, you're not under that curse. Premature death, you're not under that curse. You say, well, well, Brother King, some people do get premature death. Yeah, but they shouldn't because they're not under that curse anymore. So see, it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called it those things which be not as though they were. Now, Abraham's way of doing things was to operate in faith, not in hope. He called the things that wasn't as it was right now. You remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, it's a, it, faith is bringing into reality something that you can't even see. The Bible say the words, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which do appear were made by things that wasn't there. It brings to not things that are and vice versa. See, faith is a supernatural believing in the power of your words. It's believing that your words have creativity in them. It's believing that you say, I have it now. 
It's not saying I hope so. It's not saying, well, maybe one day. It's saying I have it now before you even see it. And your words is what creates it. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy is released to create. Prophecy is, is, is released to propel you into a new season, to create something that is not, to propel you to change your life. And you are your own prophet. And the word of God is a series of prophecies telling you you might have been sick, but God said by his stripes you're healed. You might have been poor, but God says you're not poor anymore. You might, you might have had this and that, but God said it's not like that anymore. See, when you begin to operate in the spirit of God, you're going to begin to live a life of victory. See, it says who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Hope is an imagination. So the imagination was bleak. But it said Abraham got rid of that bleak imagination and had a positive imagination and then called it right then. He called it into being. See, watch this. Verse 19, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his body. He considered not his own body. Now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider that. He didn't consider what the devil was doing. He didn't consider what his body said, what his mind said, what his feelings said. He considered not his flesh his senses. He considered not his senses what he could see. He could see that he's, he was old. He probably felt old. He knew that him and his wife wasn't together. He knew all these things. He considered none of that. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. What he was strong in profession, strong in confession, strong in saying what God, God said this, God said this day by day, God said this, and he gave glory to God. He was thankful and praised the Lord after he confessed what God said. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Have a great weekend and be blessed.